0: Hey, I'm JR. And I'm Mike from the 18 over par with Mike and JR podcast. Welcome to season two of the podcast, where we'll continue exploring the sights, stories, and sounds of golf on the prairies, where you'll find some of the most golf courses per capita of anywhere in the world and beer. Lots of beer.
1: Lots of beer, JR.
2: It's the 18 Over Par Podcast with Mike and JR.
0: You suck, you duck ass. Welcome to 18 Over Bar with Mike and Jr. proudly presented by Bryce Matlasiewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Bryce at 204-515-3446. I'm six. I'm Jr. he's Mike, and today we're joined by Brianne Tukaruski. She's a three-time Manitoba amateur champ, four-time Manitoba match play champ, and current Golf Manitoba junior development team women's coach and apprentice professional at Elmhurst. All right. Well, uh, before we get into chatting with Bree, we have Mike and he has a few retractions from our last episode, the masters I guess you could call it, it was the it was the betting preview as well as talking Bet. a little bit to, to Adam Walker. And we did some trivia. We talked about Augusta, but is there something that you want to bring up, Mike, that maybe there is an error or two?
1: A few errors. I mean, we can make this a, a weekly segment of Mike's <laughs> retractions, but... We don't uh, have a stats guy
0: uh, <laughs> on staff. It's our own fault.
1: <laughs> exactly. So, you, you you know, the listeners are keeping me honest. We had uh, Ryan Bell reach out to us, and, and he wanted to confirm how many trees were on Magnolia Lane. Uh, so... The tr- my answer was sixty one, but it's actually hundred and twenty two magnolia trees, as there are sixty one on each side. Uh, so that fact of mine was false. So thank you, Ryan Bell, uh, season one guest, for for bringing that up. And then the sexist sexist that's a that's a <laughs> second uh, retraction comes from uh, Al McLean long time listener so uh he said uh this was about the fuzzy zeller yes uh him being the first and only masters champion to win it on his first attempt the, at the, masters, is that, what's, the what, is that what the debutante yes what
0: walker called it yes
1: right so he said well did fuzzy zeller win the very first masters and i said well no like that was in the thirties he's like, well, what about that guy? He, nobody, he played it for the first time. <laughs> wow. I was like, oh, geez. So yeah, that's, that's uh, a tough yeah. one. I don't know, Al. I don't know, Al. <laughs> <laughs> the, the first masters winner was, uh, Horton Smith in 1934. So he would have been participating for the first time. So thanks Al. And, uh, thanks to our listeners for keeping me honest.
0: Yeah. Keeping us honest. We appreciate that. And, uh, uh, shout out to Al. Didn't he get an albatross last year? He did get an he albatross, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he's a good mm-hmm. dude. On, uh, I think it was hole 18 at Bell Acres. Bell Acres got the money. Well... uh We're going to be talking a little bit about Elmhurst uh, coming up. And, Bree, thanks for uh, sticking around and listening to uh, our retractions and our apologies. Uh, That doesn't happen every episode, but uh, sometimes it does come up. Hey, we're human. We make mistakes. And we make a lot of them on the golf course. Uh, I know you don't because you are very, very good at golf. And we're really excited to uh, bring you in Uh, so much. So we're going to get you an 8-inch custom DQ cake from the Nick and Nikki group of DQs. You can check uh, them out at dqnorthgate.com dq polo park in the food court dq niverville and dq st Anne's road you can follow them at dq manitoba on instagram and your name has a ski at the end and we also want to give a shout out to bryce matlishewski who is an investment advisor with endeavor wealth management part of ia private wealth and a member of the canadian investor protection fund you can contact bryce at 204 515 3446 we also have his info in our show notes So, if you're looking at the pod and what's going on, just click on the show notes and all Bryce's info will be in there. So, Brie, let's turn it to you and how you got into golf. How did you get into golf?
2: Uh, Thanks, guys, so much for having me on. Mm. So, I'm very much a daddy's girl. So, wherever my dad went, I had to go. Um, So, little four or five-year-old Brie had to go to the golf course with my dad and my uncle. So, my dad actually cut down... An old five iron, Tommy Armour five iron, Frankenstein a grip onto it. And they've kind of dropped me off in the middle of the fairway and let me hit all the way up to the putting green. It swing back in the cart, picked me up, and we're off to the next hole.
0: Wow. That's a good way to get into it. And that's a nice stick yeah. to start out with. Those Tommy Armors, those were like pretty, pretty mint clubs back in the day.
2: Very much so, especially when they're cut down to very short (laughs)
1: inches.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Be like mini putter, like mini putt putt length or whatever it is. Those little mini putters. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's impressive. Did you remember then when you kind of maybe picked up golf? I wouldn't call it more seriously, but uh, as, as a junior, maybe you got a membership or maybe you started heading out there more often.
2: So the way that I kind of got more into it is my dad started taking lessons with Derek Ingram over at golf central oh so if dad's taking lessons i have to take lessons <laughs> so started out in uh some group lessons with again a little frankenstein set that dad created um and completely fell in love with the sport i was a competitive athlete in soccer and badminton and i picked up golf actually quite quickly And at the age of 12, got my first real set of golf, of golf clubs, um, a good set of Nancy Lopez. Oh, and, uh, (laughs) with my Easter present that year, I'll never forget that. Um, and then, yeah, at the age of 14, jumped into my first tournament, which was the Bantam championship and had two totally different rounds. The first one, I think I shot like a 97 or a 98, and then the next one had the round of my life. Um, ended up shooting a seventy-eight. I think I chipped in times over at players. <laughs> had never broken ninety at that point, let alone eighty. And uh yeah, the rest was kind of history after that.
0: <laughs> oh, lucky you
2: <laughs> yeah. it's, it's one of those that you'll never forget.
0: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Mike, how long did well it's like how long did it take us to do that? Thirty years,
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I, I hit my first seventy nine last year, and yeah, that took me uh, thirty years, twenty five at least. <laughs> yeah.
2: so, hey, you still did it though.
1: <laughs> that's right. That's what we always say. You know
0: what? It doesn't matter if you're breaking one hundred, you're breaking one ten, you're breaking ninety, you're breaking eighty, you're breaking seventy. You can always mm-hmm. hold on to that. You can, you know, have that little feather in uh, in your cap. And speaking of uh, caps, and I guess golf gear. What do you have in your bag right now?
2: So, I am a TaylorMade staff player. I wholeheartedly love TaylorMade. Um, so, I've got the brand new Stealth series. So, I've got the Driver 10.5. Um, I've got 3-wood, 7-wood, and 3-hybrid. I've got the P790 irons, 4 through pitching wedge. Um, the new MG3 wedges. And I've got a Hydroblast Del Monte 7 putter that's on order.
0: Ooh. Did you get the, the wedges there, customized there through TaylorMade?
2: Um, so I'm a little short. I'm only about five four. Mm. So I don't change the face at all. Um, but I do have to get them cut down a little. Oh, okay. That's my form of customization.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and and does your dad still do your customizations?
2: No, not anymore.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I actually just put on brand new grips onto his club, so
1: mm-hmm.
0: Oh, <laughs> do you at least get to play with him quite a bit anymore or no?
2: So, it's kind of funny. Um, Sundays are reserved for Dad and I to play. Um, We'll play with different members at Elmhurst, but him and I always play together. Um, So, that's kind of that one round that I make sure that I get to play each week. And then I try and get out a couple more times, three holes here and nine holes there, um, just with different students.
0: Oh, that must be a treat for them. And I guess you were out. So, Derek Goodwin, he coaches uh, golf Manitoba, the team as well as you. So, I guess, would you call yourselves co-coaches?
2: Um, he's the head coach of the boys team and I'm the head coach of the girls team.
0: Okay. Well, uh, either way, we're going to call you co-coaches. Um, and so you guys were out West. Uh, So like, why were you guys out there? What were you guys doing?
2: So we were out there for a training camp. Um, we were lucky enough to bring 10 athletes out to Bear Mountain. And the really cool thing is the athletes actually got to practice with some team Canada athletes and the team Canada coaches out there. Um, specifically Robert Radcliffe and Jennifer Regain and then they got to go out and they got to play 18 holes with a couple of the members of Team Canada as well
0: Wow, I wish they had that sort of thing when I was a kid (laughs) I I mean I, I wouldn't have been on one of those teams but Nonetheless, I think it I think we kind of were just seeing with the trajectory of golf of how the emphasis is really starting to get put into the juniors and the junior programs to develop you know future golfers and really keep them stuck on this game that you know we we know and love. And so that's mm-hmm. that's awesome for you guys. And is that part of cuz the Canada Games we talked a little bit to Jared Ladderbrook of the executive director of golf Manitoba and the Canada Games. So is that kind of a part and parcel to that development program of getting know team manitoba ready for the summer games
2: wholeheartedly okay so we are going to be taking our top two athletes based off of a series of qualifiers and derek and i will actually be out with the team down in ontario uh niagara in the middle of august
0: niagara was that did sean major work out there you I mean oh, he was, uh, yeah super at uh the superintendent we had him on last year superintendent of Niagara, and i think he mentioned something about niagara i don't know if it maybe was that course or was something different but uh i remember that they were building
1: they're building a course uh and he, so he was a part of them starting up that course i don't know which course though niagara was obviously in the name i imagine there's more than one golf course out there Yeah, uh, yeah. No,
0: knowing the mistakes we've made <sighs> in the past but we're just not going to have proof of anything we're not going to say anything is legitimate <laughs> it is yeah. all up for debate and discussion <laughs>
1: Niagara Golf and Country Club. <laughs> I like that. Well, uh, you can edit that. over. You can edit over that later <laughs> with the correct course <laughs> <Yeah>. name.
2: <laughs>
1: Niagara. Blah <laughs> <I
0: don't, laughs> blah 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 blah. I know how that one will go. Anyways, back to Brie and, uh, and and golf. Uh, you mentioned uh, kind of when you're coming up doing the the junior bantam. Uh, you have a lot of provincial titles. Uh, that you held. So was that just something that came naturally or were you kind of like, yep, I know I'm going to win this thing or were you just going to like, Oh, naive to it. And Oh, I won. Look at me. Hooray.
2: So as I said, I was very competitive growing up. Um, I'm an only child. So I kind of like to be my own, but the uh, biggest thing is not as much. I love to win. It's, I really hate to lose. Mm. So I would rather go out and practice so that nobody else could really take my spot. And, uh, I had a lot of goals. I'm a very goal oriented person. So one week it was, I want to work on my irons. One week it was, I wanted to work with my driver and it, uh, kind of snowballed into being on the provincial team for ooh, probably just over 10 years and being able to travel all across Canada, which was a really, really neat experience.
0: Yeah, I bet. I'm sure you played some, uh, some awesome clubs and we'll get into that in the back nine. But I think I had you down for three amateurs, am I right? And then talking yep. to the competitive aspect of it, four match play titles. Correct. So that makes a lot of sense when it comes to com- wow. your competitiveness. Because we even talking to Pete Moore, who we had on last year, he was also a match play dynamo. Mm-hmm. Just seemed like any time he got into it. So it, did you have a different mindset switching from, say, just stroke play to the match play?
2: Oh, very much so. Um, Match play, you go for everything, no matter what's going on. You could take a 10 and then take a two on the next hole and you guys are square. Right. So it's never over until that ball's in the hole for that specific hole. And then it's a total reset and you get to go again.
0: Is that kind of the wisdom you're instilling on the juniors you're working with now?
2: Trying to. I'm trying to take the fear of failure Hmm. out of their minds and bring up their confidence and allow them to see how far they can actually go.
0: And how many TikTok dances they can do.
2: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I hate to say this, but I was at Westerns two years ago um, with a couple of the girls and I'm pretty sure a couple of them on Snapchat have me attempting to do one of the dances. Oh no! So that's going to bother me for a little while.
1: <laughs> nice. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Every so often that randomly gets brought up in practice. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere apparently.
0: <laughs> have, have you seen in, in your time, the, the junior development program grow from say where you, when you were a player to kind of where it is now. I mean, we, even just talking a little bit about the trips that you get to go on now.
2: Very much so. So I was actually on the first Canada Games training squad back in 2009. And just to see what we were able to accomplish and see kind of what the emphasis was um, all the way through till now. It's really neat to see the way or the shift that the sport is really taking really go from Precision all the way up to now we're looking at speed, power, consistency, and focusing on the game more as a 360. So, looking at nutrition, physical fitness, mental ability, emotional stability, um, versus back then when we really focused mainly on mental and golf. And
0: as mm-hmm. soon as I know Mike and I, when we hit uh, 18, it was beer and golf, but uh, that is a whole different <laughs> other uh, episode and a whole different other story.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> trying and mix in a hot dog. You know, every nine <laughs> holes too. nutrition <laughs> as well. Nutrition. Yeah, there you go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Get a Snickers in you or a DQ cake, stackables. a nice eight, eight inch DQ cake mm. from the Nick, Nicky Nikki DQs or the stack burgers. That was my retraction that I, I should have brought up as I was calling them stackables. I was kind of make fun of what they are. Stackables. Stack. <laughs> they are stack burgers because I was thinking about Lunchables, but they are stack burgers. Right.
1: Stackables is something too, though. I don't know what that Does is. No, I don't know. <laughs> Anyway,
0: you go ahead, Mike. <laughs> Don't worry about the food. Got, you got food on the brain now. I see it.
1: <laughs> I did I did hear that the DQ Blizzard is going to be the official treat of the MLB this season. I, oh, so that was pretty, nice. uh, yeah, yeah. Probably a deal that D, DQ Nick signed, I'm thinking. But, uh, uh, hey, he's a big supporter. Yeah.
0: They're, they're big supporters of uh, golf in the local sports community here in, uh, here in Manitoba.
1: He certainly is, and uh, so let's reel it back here to to high school, Brie. Uh, I see that two thousand seven, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. You led St. Mary's Academy to claim the high school provincial championships. That's pretty amazing.
2: It it was absolutely really cool because we didn't have a golf team before I showed up. Okay. Uh, <laughs> my parents actually approached our gym teacher and is like, um, "Do you realize you have female golfers that actually?" golf like competitively and we were able to put the team together and that year we went out with a bang kind of like hey we're here and nice. it's cool to be able to stay at the top for the three years that i competed on there
1: that's, that's awesome i know jr you competed in uh, high school golf that sure seemed did. like a pretty cool uh pretty cool team to be a part of it i never did. made that team
0: it was a different it was a different vibe i was barely on that team Let's just put it that way. I was I was working at the golf course, but it was like, oh, okay. right. if I if right. I had, if I had time off, I was too busy
1: cashing checks. <laughs> paying, paying Let's for get gas. J- <laughs> if we get Jr. the team, we can practice at a Cineboy for right? free. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: <That's right>. yeah.
1: <laughs> and then uh, the other kind of I must be like junior related was you qualified. Uh, onto the women's Manitoba team as a junior. So you're going to nationals and you went with the women's team. So how old would you have been uh, in in that case?
2: I believe I was 17 when Mm -hmm. I did that. So still on the younger side. Cool thing is, is I grew up with a lot of the women that had gone. And actually one of the ladies that went, I think she went as our number three, um, was actually from Elmhurst. So oh, nice. I did her quite well. Um, and because I was a junior, my parents also came out. So I got the support from the teammates, got the support from my parents. And it was a really eye-opening experience to go, wow, like these women are really good. <laughs> so like I, I need to raise the bar for myself.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. That's why someone
0: better. play with someone better than you are. Right. Like, Strive to make you better. Oh, by the way, Mike, we're on Zoom right now. Did you change the seats behind you?
1: Is that a well, different chair? No. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it isn't it's like a seventies era chair. It yeah. is very nice. It uh, came with the house. Um, <laughs> with, with the and, uh, we're not <laughs> exactly, yeah. We're not getting rid of it. But no, know it's kind of always been there. I just today I'm a little leaned over. Oh, okay. But uh, anyways, moving on, Uh, you mentioned Elmhurst. So did you, were you a part of Elmhurst from the beginning or did you kind of find your way there as a a junior?
2: So I actually started out at Selkirk Golf and Country Club. Um, They had a fantastic deal for juniors and it was only about 25 minutes from my house to the first tee box. So dad and I would head out there and we would practice and play in the evenings after school. Um, and I'd mentioned GI or Derek Ingram earlier, um, after golf central, he ended up at the meadows. So he was teaching us there. There There's a whole bunch of us. And then he moved over to Elmhurst and he's like, Hey, like maybe you guys should look at moving over. Um, so ended up at Elmhurst and I never really left. So joined there when I was 16. And now that I'm 29, I'm the associate pro there. So I got to grow up with the course and a lot of got to grow up with the membership. And then six, well, six years ago now, um, joined the staff four years ago, joined the PGA Association. and Now I get to uh, get to help build the culture at Elmhurst.
0: Yeah. Well, I know because Derek, yeah, when you mentioned kind of he he poached you guys and brought you over there, uh, we really could use a nice a nice helping hand and ensure that uh, DI comes on our podcast. So put in the good word for us. Uh, He was responding to my text messages. He no longer is, uh, but I know, (laughs) but I know he's I know he's busy now.
1: (laughs) He was on Winnipeg Sports Talk on Wednesday. Yes, I was listening to him. He was calling in from the parking lot of Augusta National Golf Club.
0: Yeah, not a big deal.
1: no, they must not have been letting him in or something. I don't know. <laughs> Just kidding. He was also on the driving range with uh, Corey Connors and. <laughs> Few other big names there.
0: Yeah, a few others. Few other uh, great Canadian golfers that uh, we have bucking around the tour. And shout out! to I mean, when we're recording this is uh, pre pre Masters, or at least at the end of round one. So when it'll be a drop. So hopefully you all did well in your Masters pools. And I hope I uh, by the time this thing drops, I'll have some money in my pockets. Um, but there was a kind of a, a break in there where you actually went to the states and played collegiately. So how did that come about? We talked to Bobby Yule last uh, last year, and she said there was some website that she just submitted to and kind of got to pick and choose what she wanted to do and where she wanted to go. Was that a similar experience for you or were you sending out your VHS tapes?
2: (laughs) So my experience is a little different than most athletes. So I actually started off at the U of M. Um, So I did my first year at the U of M with the Bisons program. Mm -hmm. And I had heard through the grapevine that there wasn't going to be enough girls in order to compete for the team. So I started to look elsewhere, and I actually ended up in Georgia for a semester. Mm. A little NAIA school down there called Thomas University, and I actually ended up blowing out my knee the first time. So had oh, knee surgery no. down there. Um, came back and rehabbed it. And the funniest thing is, my coach down in Thomasville actually called my coach out in Kentucky and said, hey, I got a girl. She's fresh off a fresh off of knee surgery. She needs somebody to pick her up. And I originally was just going to stay here in Manitoba and get a phone call from Coach Craftick down in, at UC. And he's like, hey, like, we're not actively recruiting a whole lot of people right now. You'd be the only one joining the women's team this upcoming season. And we want to know if you'd be willing to come down and take a look at the school. So like mom, dad, and I are looking at each other going, what's going on? (laughs) (laughs) Like it was kind of like out of the blue. Um, But we ended up going down and I ended up falling in love with the program, fell in love with my teammates and loved that it was a little bit of a smaller school. So I got the good education side as well and ended up loving my three years out there. I learned so much about not only sports, but also about myself.
0: Mm, That's huge. Development. Mm-hmm. Oh, I feel like there's a there's a nice like reenactment that we could be doing right now if uh, if we actually had a video podcast of showing you growing up and like <clears> a <throat> short little montage or something. There, I think that montage. Yeah, got a oh great God, montage.
1: <laughs> Maybe show some of those nice. Uh, colonial style brick buildings from the campus and you, you know, the wind blowing in your hair. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I always think it's so interesting. uh, You know, the, the U S colleges and, and just looking at the campuses, it's, it's, you know, it's right out of the, uh, the, the uh, young adult movies that we watched growing up, but uh, campus life must've been pretty neat in itself. I imagine.
2: It was Absolutely incredible. Um, Our school was probably made up of 60% international students because we were very much an athletic school. So got to meet people from all over the world. My roommate was from Bristol, England, and she was on the golf team. Mm -hmm. Um, Golf team alone, we had people from Zambia. We had people from South Africa. We had people from all over England. We had people from Spain. We had people from Sweden. So it was really neat to be able to meet all these different people. And I actually still talk to a couple of the people that were in my faculty and it's, Mm. it's really neat to see where they've ended up.
1: Good people to know if you're ever going traveling and Hey, I'm going to sleep on your couch uh, for a week Exactly in in Bristol.
0: I was going to say, is it tough for, was it tough for your parents, especially your dad, not getting to be around you as much and play some golf with you?
2: I definitely think so.
0: Um, you wouldn't admit it
2: pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the nice thing is, is because of FaceTime, we were still able to talk almost every night. So the beauty of technology.
0: <laughs> yes. No kidding. Exactly. Just so what we're doing now we're on zoom. Uh-huh. Yay for us. And hopefully it's, uh, it's going to melt soon and then we can start doing some more of this stuff, stuff live. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we got our fingers crossed. It's been a tough winter. Yeah.
1: Very much so. Could you golf down uh, down in Kentucky in the winter or longer season or is it all year round?
2: We got snow for maybe two weeks, which I found really funny because it was like a light dusting. So <laughs> mm-hmm. the entire city would shut down. Um, they're like, oh, you can't drive. You can't go to school. You can't walk across campus. And I'm like, guys, I'm in a sweater. Like, this is nothing. <laughs> so I would be golfing in like a sweater and like maybe a toque. And then there was one girl on the team, Candice from South Africa, who we had to get her like the goose duck down parka. We had to get her Jeez. thermal layer bottoms and like uh <laughs> and like everything that we can to keep her warm. And I'm sitting there going, this is like... A tropical like yeah.
0: tropical vacation right now so <laughs> <laughs> uh, that itself it's be an experience.
1: yeah yeah. and it, it sounded uh reading here it looked like you guys had a lot of success uh at the in, the in the with the team you know it says uh 2015 mid-south season champions 2015 mid-south tournament champions you yourself were named to the all Mid-South Conference team, uh, NAIA, All-American second team. I, the list goes on. I ran out of ink in my printer, so I couldn't print it all off. But uh, that's awesome to go down there and to have success. I mean, like you said, you, you like to win.
2: Very much so. And it was cool because the culture on the team when I came on was very much how far can we go? And we just kept getting better and better and better, and we kept getting into better and better tournaments where we got to really be pushed. So when it came time to like the NAIA Championships or Mid South Conference Championships, we were ready to go.
0: Yeah, well, nice. certainly. And shows. what about?
1: Yeah one one other question, Jr. Not to sorry, you might have something on this nope, too. Nothing. I was going to ask about the uh, NPDA Nationals, the debate national team. (laughs) Oh,
2: Oh, I haven't heard that one for a while. Um, So in my final year, um, I was a communication major. So one of the courses that I took was debate. And it was one of those of, we had the opportunity to get extra credit. If we went to a debate tournament and tried it out. Well, I tried it out and I realized, Hey, I like I like this. <laughs> and we actually ended up coming second nationally in our conference. So it was wow. a really cool experience. Very cool nice. experience.
0: So on the we golf did, I course did... or behind the podium, you're gonna win.
1: Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think we did some debate in uh you know maybe i don't know high school or college maybe it was but uh i, I don't know i don't maybe i try and avoid confrontation so uh I, I don't think i enjoy i do like talking but i remember
0: doing I the model un back in the day with right old, with old mr hull and james mckee boy that was a treat yeah I got <laughs> laughed out of that one <laughs> i don't know how we ended up there i, I don't know how we ended up there <laughs> Anyways, uh, so well, I guess bringing it back then to when you you came home, so you were done school, and is that when you figured, I want to make golf my career? So did you just say, hey, I'm going to be a pro, I'm going to put through my scores and say, sign me up?
2: Absolutely not. Actually, <laughs> um, I, I actually came back with a communication internship lined up. Oh, so I was going to intern at one of the communication firms and I was playing in a tournament at Elmhurst. It's called our Ham and Ager. and our, one of our associate pros at the time, Ivan Coop is like, Hey, will you be my partner? I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, let's try it out. Well, I can't remember what hole we started on, but I'll never forget hole 18 we were probably about 110 yards out and i ended up pulling it out from the middle of the fairway with a pitching watch we're jumping up and down we're all excited and he looks at me and goes "Do you want a job here i'm like sure (laughs) so internship went out the window (laughs) and i ended up at golf course and as i said i never left it was one of those of do i want to make golf and sport, like my career, or do I want to stick communications? And I love the sport too much.
0: So what do you do in the off season now?
2: So I still, um, teach and I still coach quite a bit in the off season, but the off season, especially here in Manitoba is a good time for me to learn. Hmm. So doing different courses, doing different PGA, um, events, going down to, when COVID wasn't really a thing, um, down to Florida and learning. Um, I was part of a women in coaching uh, program through the PGA of Canada and Golf Canada, which was a bit of a pilot project. Um, one of the greatest experiences of my life. But we were taught specifically by Jennifer Gergain, who's a huge mentor of mine. She's Team Canada's junior national assistant coach. Um, she played on the LPGA tour. She completely understands where we're coming from in terms of being females in a male-dominated industry, and getting to learn more—the of technical side, the mental side, the emotional side—it's uh, it's the best time to really learn and get better for our students.
0: Yeah, well, I think you can definitely—and having grown up on the golf course myself, and growing up alongside uh, Bailey Asipenko, well, now Bailey Kulis, who we, who we had on, and just seeing from my perspective is a little different because i always saw women on the golf course even though it still was very heavily dominated by by men you know the membership would be probably four to one when it came to to men uh, to women but still growing up alongside her you kind of got to see that and it's such a wonderful game just for yourself because you really can't blame anyone else It's you versus the course or you versus you really. And I think that's such a strong message, especially for young people uh, growing up. So are those the types of things that you are trying to instill on the next generation of hopefully someone's going to get on the tour again and be, you know, the next kind of wave of Brooke Henderson, et cetera, et cetera?
2: Definitely. It's definitely a lifelong sport. And I'm a huge believer that if we can get the juniors even the really young ones hooked in the sport a we're going to have the sport to continue on for years but we will have that opportunity to get more on the Smetra tour more on the um, different tours the pga tour lpga tour which golf canada has some pretty hefty goals for the next couple years to get over 20 athletes onto the pga and lpga tour so hopefully we can help them out, especially at the uh, green grass level. Yeah.
1: Hopefully. What age? What age? are is uh, uh, you know, what age of people starting to uh, get their young ones involved in golf? I know Jr. here has uh, his his daughter. Uh, she's four years old. Four years old. yeah. Jr.
0: Yep.
2: So I can honestly say my youngest student is three. My wow. oldest student is ninety-three. Wow. Right across the board.
0: Man, hmm. I, if I'm still alive by 93, my goodness. I hope I'll <laughs> still be golfing.
1: <laughs> and yeah. Absolutely. And
2: depending on the developmental level will depend on what you're really working on. Like obviously with a three, four year old, we're not working on wrist angle, the top of the swing. <laughs> um, we're working more on like exploring the golf course and what golf actually is, mm-hmm. but making it fun. So taking away the intimidation of the golf course and have them want to come back and practice and play.
0: And I guess that kind of leads into uh, Mike, I think you you might've had this one on, uh, on your shot sheet there too, but winning the apprentice professional of the year And was that for, was that last year? Was that the 2020, uh, 2021 award?
2: 2021.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, that's impressive. So who did you have to pay for that? Or how did that come about? (laughs)
2: Um, So I didn't have to pay anybody off, thankfully. Okay. (laughs) Uh, um, So the way that the national awards happens is based off of the zone awards. So if you win in your zone, you have to write kind of like a little report um, just about what you've been working on and a little bit about yourself that gets sent to the national office and then there's a committee that goes through everything and somehow, don't know how um, I ended up winning this award this past season
0: Wow, it's probably your debate background and communications background, that's what did it yeah.
2: Yeah, Exactly
0: <laughs> We need more smart people on the golf course Kick all those yucksters off mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Was it, did you have to give up your, your amateur status, uh, to become a teacher? Yeah. And was that tough to do or you, you know, obviously you had a lot of success, uh, in, in the amateur world. So you're easily transitioned into a pro role.
2: So again, my story is a little different than most people, um, because of my competitive background, I didn't actually have to play into the association. I was given an exemption, um, Mm -hmm so i originally wasn't going to turn professional for another year um and then one of our pros at elmhurst ended up getting another position um actually out at grand pines so elmhurst kind of approached me and said would you think of turning into our assistant pro a little earlier than you had expected so it was a bit of a harder harder decision probably one of the hardest ones I've had to make but I'm like you know what it's time for a new chapter of my life and as soon as I finished competing at the Canadian Mid-Amateur Championship um came back and within three days I was competing against the guys here in the province uh through the PGA as one of their newest pros Hmm.
1: very cool
0: yeah that's neat um I quickly I just this just popped into my mind I don't think I had it down in any of my notes But uh, what do you see as one of the more common things for amateur golfers that they maybe do incorrectly for, let's say, uh, males or females between 34 to 36 years old?
2: Hmm. What are they doing wrong? (laughs) In all honesty, I would love to talk to more people about their practicing habits. Hmm where a lot of times they're just focused on t shots or they're practicing the stuff that they love to practice. Right. It's you got to figure out where the weaknesses are in your game and actually work to turn that into your strength. And you continuously push yourself further and further and further. So instead of if you're really good with high flop shots, let's practice some bump and runs, getting it as close as you can. Or let's focus on putting, or let's focus on hitting fairways versus how far can you actually hit it? Because if you're hitting it 30 yards into the bush, that's not helping (laughs) you.
0: But it sure feels good. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) To lose all those tailor made TP5s into the
1: bush. Right. Yes. (laughs) That, That one. 300 yard drive out of 18 uh, or uh, of the day really feels good. <laughs>
2: yeah. It's excellent for a scramble, but a little harder on a stroke play. <laughs>
1: for
0: sure. Yeah, that's true. What, do, what if your do, weaknesses do you are see, everything? Uh, what do you do yeah. then?
2: Everybody has some type of a strength. You've mm. just got to figure that one out. I'm
0: pretty it good sounds at Sounds like you have the, some. The uh, person. That's, that's all I'm good at. The bar cart comes around. I can leave a, yeah. a nice tip. That's about it.
1: Great tips, <laughs> great tips across the board. Yeah, lots of I chewing think, gum, Jr.
0: Lots of chewing gum.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll split the bill, Jr. And then you see the bill, and he tips fifty percent. You're like, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't. Don't, yeah, didn't don't sign have, on don't, for this.
0: Yeah. <laughs> don't ever split the bill with me. That's rule number one. Uh, I appreciate similar those to, in that industry, the service industry. We need you.
1: We need them. Yeah. Yeah, They've had a, they've had a tough go. Yeah. Uh, Where was my question here? Oh, um, are there differences in teaching men versus women? um, I guess at the junior level or at, you know, an adult level.
2: So I'll talk about the junior level first. Um, There definitely is based on their developmental age and stage that the juniors are in. Um, The boys tend to develop a little bit more muscle mass quite quickly while the women or the junior girls tend to keep a lot of their hyper flexibility that they would have had when they were very young. So really working on stabilization. Um, But also a lot of it has to do with mindset. Like, especially when young boys are together, they want to see how far they can hit it. Versus young girls, where there might not be a lot of young girls where they are. Um, so it's a little bit of stripping back that intimidation and showing them, hey, the golf course can be a lot of fun. So showing that emotional growth, but also the physical stages can be quite different. Um, and then with adults, going back to like that emotional social side, um, I tend to notice a lot of women where If their friends are going, they're going to go. If they're not with their friends, probably about seven out of 10 times, they're like, maybe I'm not going to try it, even though they might actually really love it. Versus guys where it's like, hey, buddy, I don't know you, but I'm joining your group. (laughs) Uh, Right. Um, And a lot of times guys, they get up there and they want to pound it as hard as they possibly can. So it's kind of stripping back and bringing that control in versus where the women, they don't want to make a divot. They don't want to leave a mess behind them. So focusing more on that power and that speed aspect.
0: Wow. That's, that's a lot of food for thought. (laughs) Just just changing the game, changing the game for me right now. And in what, 15 seconds there. Wow. I know what I got to work on now. I don't care about my drive numbers anymore. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well don't get me wrong a lot of distance <laughs> can be very beneficial but you got to be able to hit it from uh all over
0: yes yeah no it's uh it uh, like you said it doesn't really mm-hmm. help right if it's 30 yards into the bush especially yeah. during play season
2: mm-hmm.
1: or take talk <laughs> season see <laughs> 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 so you, you kind of uh you know you kind of touched on it um you know, there may be some uh, self-conscious, uh, self-esteem stuff with women in the game of golf, and they might be discouraged to get out. You know, I think golf's typically seen as a an old man sport, lots of rules, expensive, requires lessons, um, you know, sometimes snobby. I think we're trying to break down those walls. But uh, last season, we spoke with Jacqueline Steep, General manager at Southside Golf Course. And she told us all about their great uh, women's program, no pressure, lots of fun, your uh, ladies' league uh, at Southside there. And everyone was having a blast. And I think, JR, you mentioned this year their member, their ladies' league doubled in size to like yeah. 500 people. Yeah. Um, and it was all thanks to her so coming get, on
0: the podcast. So we really put the good word out <laughs> exactly, there. <for> exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. So, Big question here, I guess, question for you, Bree, would be your recommendations for women who are trying to get into the game and grow their skills and how can golf as a whole change to make, you know, the game more inviting for women.
2: So I think there's a couple different ways. Um, one is the culture at the courses. One of the biggest shifts that we're starting to see is a little bit more family friendly. So you're seeing a lot more juniors, a lot more women out, um, kind of stripping that idea of there's a women's tee box. There's only certain times that women can play, um, making it a little bit more inviting. So, hey, like everybody can play, go out there, have some fun. Um, But I think one of the biggest things is talking to women about what makes them feel comfortable and then going from there. So a couple of years ago at Elmhurst, we picked up the Nine and one which is a nine hole ladies league for our members and i'll never forget this i was on the first tee box I had all these scorecards set up we we're gonna set it up like men's night and the first group of ladies come up and i'm holding the scorecards and the lady goes to grab the first scorecard and her hand is shaking I grabbed the scorecard back and I ripped it up and I said, hey, if you're in a bunker, use your hand wench. Just get it up. (laughs) Have some fun. (laughs) We ended up growing it from the very first time we had 12 ladies to this past uh, summer we had over 50. Wow. So really stripping it back and saying, hey, this is about fun. This is about meeting people. This is about being able to put everything else that you've had to deal with during the day um, family, kids, work, school, everything, and just going out and spending some time with friends, laughing, enjoying the walk, enjoying nature, and also allowing yourself to kind of grow with your confidence.
0: That sounds magnificent. So, so nine and wine. So I'm guessing nine holes of golf and wine,
2: uh, wine and some food upstairs afterwards.
0: Oh, can I join? Can I do that? Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. sounds lovely, actually. I would like to do <laughs> that. And pen <laughs> wedges out of the bunkers. Yeah. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, no scorecard. Hey, I'm all for that.
2: And <laughs> um, The fun thing is, is through the nine and one, I've been really able to connect with a lot of women that never would have really continued with golf. And then we've like been able to book in some lessons so that they know what they're working on. And even mm-hmm. just knowing like the basic etiquette. And Hey, when you show up for a round of golf, what do you do? Cause that can be very intimidating right. for somebody who's never foot on a course. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So just going through that without the fear or pressure of, is somebody judging me? Is somebody they're laughing at me? Is somebody they're commenting and being able to go out and golf with their friends?
0: Yeah, I yeah. agree. That was one of my big things, even too growing up and bringing some, uh, some, some ladies out uh, to play. Uh, it was just, you know, it's fun. It's a great game to go. out. It's a great date night game as well. If you're going to have a date night, I mean, it's, it's tough to beat that, especially if you know, get a little golf cart and just start buzzing around. I mean, that's, that in itself is fun. Although my wife, uh, she's not allowed to golf with me because the first time I did that, uh, she drove over my foot with the golf cart. So she is no longer allowed to uh, come out and golf with me, although we may try it at some point. So sticking to my daughter, not my wife, but I'm sure my daughter will drive over me at some point too, but I'll let that one slide. Mm anyways Not i don't know where i was going with it right yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. no <laughs> although when i was six or seven that was the first time i was in a golf car and i drove it right into a tree so uh if yeah. she has driving skills like her dad yeah there's going to be some issues so thank goodness that golf canada you got some insurance i think right if you right yeah you've already built in <laughs>
2: All right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It was me. I was looking for Skittles that I spilled.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You weren't recreating one of the TikToks?
1: All
0: right. Yeah. Or
1: that's That's right. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Yeah. No, I golf with my better half, Brett. And uh, she, she's just picking up the game and we got her some new, some clubs. Uh, she has yet to try and run me over, but we're not officially <laughs> married. So she's not getting that insurance money. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, you just, you know, and you know, I'm not a teacher and I, I, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, you try and, you know, relay some of the tips you've learned through that I've learned through lessons to her And sometimes they work, sometimes they don't, you know, and she likes hitting the ball really far and, but it's just the consistency and then, you know, it gets frustrating and, and it is tough when you're, you know, when you're not playing consistently to play 18 holes as well, you know? So, you know, and I say, well, you know, she'll pick up the ball and, watch me play. And, uh, and that's great. And it allows me, us to get out together and allows me to get a few more rounds in, but yeah, I'd certainly, um, like to get her in some lessons, but she doesn't want to go alone. And so it would be, uh, you know, she, you know, have to find a, a friend group to, to get, uh, to get lessons. So yeah, it's, there's some, uh, some hurdles there. So.
2: And one of the biggest things that I noticed just speaking from a lot of of the younger pros that are getting into it. Um, we all recognize that golf lessons, male, female, older, younger, they're intimidating. Mm. You're essentially setting yourself up to have somebody roast your swing for an hour. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It it is a lot of fun to do it with other people. And 99.9% of the pros that are out there want you to enjoy it. And they want you, to feel comfortable and they would love for you to grab a group and go out there and have a group lesson. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, that's definitely something to keep in mind. mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that one of the, uh, (laughs) the, uh, the funniest etiquette points is, you know, I'd go to get my ball and she will drive, to her ball. And then I will continue on to the green, but the cart will be 60 yards back. It, no, like you got to bring the cart up now and, and park it behind the green, not like 20 yards in front of the green. Cause we're going to have to walk back there. But,
2: Uh, even with the provincial team um, instead of a driving cart, a lot of them will use pull carts and they'll leave it on the opposite side, 30 yards over. And I'm like, y'all, we need to run. Like (laughs) we need to catch up to everybody. (laughs) Uh,
0: Well, that's uh, I guess on that point, is there something that whether you yourself or you're finding out within, you know, the PGA professionals across the country is there stuff that you're working on to kind of keep that upper trajectory of golf going?
2: Definitely. It's the culture has definitely shifted and it's how do you balance the older generations that are so used to the traditional ideals of the sport with the newer age where they have a smaller attention span. They want to do stuff quickly and they want to do it more in a casual laid back setting. So it's incorporating more fun events, more social events, um, things where instead of it being 18 holes, it's only nine holes to keep everybody's attention. Um, But it's also how do you keep that tradition alive to teach future generations of everything that's come before them? So even if you look at the apparel side, um, on the women's side, originally they had the super long skirts, it had to be tucked in, they had the traditional collared shirt. Now you can get away with a non-collared shirt as long as it has sleeves, you can wear different types of skorts, different types of shorts. Um, Back in the day, heaven forbid, women wear pants, (laughs) so just to see the transition with that has been really neat i did but. see the
1: uh, i did see the loudmouth skirts from the uh uh the your 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 university of cumberland's the patriots they had the the loudmouth um, black or sorry blue red and white loudmouth skirts i noticed oh, wow. them because i was i think i had almost once bought pants with the same pattern yeah uh, <laughs> but those were pretty cool
2: we uh we even had the matching shoes which was pretty oh, cool. Wow, That would have
1: been <laughs> awesome. Oh my yeah. goodness.
2: We Probably. had the uh, white white shoe with the red and blue saddle, and then we got to customize it with our whatever flag we had. Um, so mine had the Canadian flag on it, which is really neat.
0: That's spectacular. Nice.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you mentioned, uh, you know, culture and keeping some of those traditions, but some of those traditions – need to change. You touched on, uh, I did listen to your appearance on the beauty sports podcast yeah. from last month and a uh, shout out to the beauty sports podcast. Yes. So well, your, beauties, you can your name brought up. me to them. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, the term ladies teas did come up in the discussion. So, and, and yeah, growing up, I think I just absorbed what others were calling the Ford teas. They called them ladies teas, not even thinking that that be found offensive it was just okay that's what they're called i don't i don't know anything better and yeah i think just recently maybe last season it was brought up like this is not a politically correct term this can this is can be found offensive by women you should be calling them forward tees you know as a junior i probably was playing from the forward tees so you know just bringing to light that. And so our listeners should be aware that they're not, they're no longer to be referred as the ladies tees.
2: Thank you so much. That is one of my biggest pet peeves. Not going to lie. The biggest thing with taking that stigma away from the ladies tees is you should be playing from the tee box. that is going to bring you the most enjoyment while still challenging your golf game. And for some males, for some juniors, for some women, that can be very different tee boxes. You can see a gentleman who's just getting into the sport should be playing from the forward tee box versus I know a lot of women that should not be playing from the forward tee box. The course is a little too short, too easy for them. So they need to bounce back. But because they've always been, quote unquote, the ladies tees, they don't want to move. So they kind of lose that challenge and that enjoyment while some of the men and some of the juniors might find the course too intimidating.
0: Yeah, And that's even mm-hmm. what I start to see, too, now on scorecards is based on your handicap. It's like these are the tees you probably should be playing from. It's also a pace of play thing as well. I mean, exactly. I'm... I'm the biggest, uh, you know, a hole when it comes to that. Like, I'll play from the tips, no matter what, just to say that I played from the tips. But uh, I probably shouldn't be playing from uh, from the furthest back tees, the championship tees, at some of these courses. But, uh, but nonetheless, I think that's a really good thing for for moving forward. So there isn't that stigma of it's like no, just it's going to be more fun. You're going to shoot better scores, and you're going to progressively get better if you're playing from the tees that maybe you should be playing from based on your handicap. Exactly. All right. Well I, I sum that one up nicely then.
2: To, <laughs> you can also set different goals for yourself. I'm gonna hit once I hit this handicap, I get to move back.
1: Right. Yeah.
2: So have some fun with it.
1: Or I'm I'm gonna hit it past the forward tease. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's also a little important yeah.
1: <laughs> that's my goal i like to set them fairly high or obtainable it's positive reinforcement i did this yes <laughs>
0: i guess if you that's didn't know right. it would be even worse but uh nonetheless i uh, i had one elmhurst related question mike i don't know how many other questions you have
1: go uh, ahead coming. okay go ahead.
0: so uh 2022 looking into this uh upcoming season whenever uh, it may come to fruition Uh, Elmhurst is hosting the men's uh, amateur this year. So what kind of uh, influence or involvement do you actually have? I know Golf Manitoba kind of takes over at that point. Is that correct?
2: They do. Um, They set up certain parameters that we do need to follow in terms of like tee boxes and pin positions. Um, But our head golf professional, our GM and our superintendent really focus a lot on what the golf course should look like for a provincial championship so how much of the rough should be grown out where should the fairway start and end Um, what about the depths of bunkers as well as what length should the course be playing at the time depending on the conditions so elmhurst doesn't typically get very wet we're built on a sand dune but we can get a little dried out and if there's a lot of wind we can play fairly hard right so it's Setting up the course to bring out the best in the competitors.
0: Mm, And how do I get my invite to the Elmhurst Invitational? It's in the mail.
2: (laughs) from
1: tournaments. Yeah. <laughs> Rats, okay. <laughs> you have already been asked to leave Elmhurst once <laughs> in your life too. Uh, I have,
0: yeah. Wait, don't, what? Yeah. We don't uh, well, it has been brought up on a uh, prior podcast, but yeah, I'd
1: like to bring it was, up. Yeah. I think it's a, but I, I don't a know tournament. the full story. Yeah, I, I think, think it's just t- funny.
0: Yeah, I was at a tournament and then I was uh I, I indulged a little bit too much. It was in my my youth, my my younger age and uh yeah, I was kindly I was politely asked to ask to leave but uh that's right i was going to leave anyway so really it was me i chose to leave (laughs) oh boy (laughs) maybe when we bring uh ben bandura on we'll talk a little bit more about it but we'll see (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh, good old Ben. Yeah, I've known him for quite a while.
0: Yeah, well, he's uh, synonymous, I think, with uh, Elmhurst and as well. Uh, kicking off the the Prairie Scratch Tour, I think Elmhurst is on the list for the Prairie Scratch Tour. So, like I mentioned, we'll we get are. A little bit yeah, we'll get a little bit more into that with uh, with Ben when uh, when he comes on uh, on the show. But that was that was my Elmhurst. Well, I guess questions that turned into questions, and then a comment on me getting escorted out. Sorry, me choosing to leave Elmhurst. <laughs>
1: Yes. Very good. Sorry for bringing it up, but I no, think it's my it's it's, life. I did what I it. did. I did what I did.
2: <laughs> 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 Own it and you're good. Yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, That's a life lesson. Uh, a few, a few uh, last questions before we get into our, our back nine lightning round. Uh, any relation to Dustin Takarski, NHL goalie from the Buffalo Sabres?
2: Unfortunately, no, no, uh,
1: no. Same last name though, right? Am I am I getting that wrong? Mm, no. I don't know. I see, I, I just assume like my last name is Smith. So everyone who <laughs> with the last name Smith is related to me. <laughs> Even Mike Smith, the NHL goalie. Uh you're a big Winnipeg Jets fan. I I see. Yeah. I so Unfortunately, at this point in the season, uh, playoff chances are non-existent. Yes. Um, you know, maybe if we win outright and all the other teams gunning for that last wildcard spot, lose, maybe I don't think so. Uh, in your opinion, what do you think the the jets need to add or change this off season to be more successful? Next year. I'm not sure if you're analyzing that closely. I have no idea what they're going to do,
2: but I think from a coaching perspective, like seeing this as a coach, you can have some of the best players on the team, but if they're not working together, you have too many individuals out on the ice. So I think the team needs to come together, have a little bit of a come to Jesus meeting Mm. and figure out how to play as a team again.
1: Wow. Simple. Yeah. Did you put your resume in for the yeah, uh, might as well. coaching <laughs> position?
2: <laughs> Providing I can't skate, that could be a little interesting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. If Ted Lasso can coach uh, footy over in the UK from coaching uh, college football, I'm sure you don't need to know how to skate mm. to be a hockey coach. Oh, Come no. on.
1: <laughs> Ted Lasso. What a guy. Good. Well, big uh, fan I of the that, show. That big well. fan of the
0: show. A big fan of the pod. Yeah, Ted Lasso. He
1: certainly is. Yeah, that pretty well sums up most of my uh, questions. Uh, anything else from you, Jr? Any other? Brady, you got anything else before we get into the back nine? Any?
0: Yeah, this has been very inspirational. Uh, I'm uh, like open the floor. Yeah. Just whatever you want to get off uh, off your chest here. I'm ready for it. <laughs>
2: um, I think the biggest thing as a coach and as a teacher. Um, I see a lot of people out there struggling and I think that they can figure it out. Mm. Um, all professionals are there to help. So if you are looking to take your game to the next level, instead of sitting there and going, Oh, what is going on? I want to quit. I want to throw my clubs in the river.
0: YouTube videos. Reach
2: out to your golf professional <laughs> and, uh, see if they can help you. Amen. So we're all, we're mm-hmm. all there for you.
0: Yeah, I will. Yeah, I will agree no. with that a hundred percent. Especially after starting up this pod and chatting to folks like yourself, who are who are professionals, even mm-hmm. not not necessarily professionals, but are just really good at the game and really good at teaching the game. It's like I just I said it on the last episode. I wish I would have listened. Working at a golf course, I wish I would have listened to the pros and the people around me more. But of course, I was too in in my own head, like, oh, I can fix this. I can do it myself. Damn it! Yeah. And, look me, and look at me now. I'm worse now than I was back then. So. There you go, another life lesson. All right. Yeah, yeah. You ready, Mike? Yeah. I am. Uh, I am more than ready. You're more than ready. Okay, is it going to be actually nine, or did you uh, do some bonus ones like you did last last episode?
1: Uh, no. no. <laughs> well, we can include though, but yeah, no, those were some bonus ones. Uh, got carried away on the food questions. But, uh, <laughs> well, we'll, be, yeah, well, we'll see where it goes. You'll, listen, you'll have to listen to the last episode for that.
0: <laughs> for the good stuff. Uh, back nine lightning round, and it's for Bryce Matt Leschewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. He can also smash the ball. So I'm sure he's playing from the back tees, but uh, nonetheless, we don't need to get involved in that. Uh, we already discussed that earlier. Uh, you can contact Bryce at 204 515 3446. And, We'll hopefully be getting him on the pod shortly as well. So yeah, we've got a
1: lot of great guests coming up. Yeah. Hopefully he had a nice relaxing vacation in uh, Florida Mm. and uh, hopefully we'll get him on here soon and talk some investment uh, strategies and Information. Information about yeah. investments. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <Yeah.
0: laughs> Business tax. He, he's got. He's got a lot under his uh, as his, his umbrella there. But uh, nonetheless, he certainly uh, does. Yeah, we can get into uh, the back nine here with uh, Bree because I'm I'm interested to hear some of the answers to these questions.
1: Hmm. So, Bree, have you ever got a hole in one?
2: No, I've hit no. the flag too many times though.
1: Really? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: I've uh, had it where I've landed it in the hole and it's popped out, and I've landed just in front, hit the pin, and landed about a foot away. Oh
0: my goodness! Who was it? Was it was it Rhonda? Was it was it with Bobby when Bobby mentioned somewhere like with Rhonda where it doesn't really matter about holes and ones, it matters about championships or whatever trophies. I think that's what Mm -hmm. the saying was. I don't care about holes and one; I care about trophies. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: That sounds like a Rhonda thing.
1: Uh, What would be your preferred golf ball brand or model?
2: Ooh, so I am wholeheartedly tailor-made. I love the TP5. Um, But for everybody out there, finding the right ball for your swing speed.
1: Hmm. That is good to know. Yeah.
0: Because that doesn't, I don't think that's come up before. Finding the right ball for the swing speed. That hasn't come up in our... Almost forty no, episodes. Whoever like
1: whoever markets the ball better is the one I use. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know my swing speed. I feel like it's it's quicker, but I don't I don't know what my swing speed is. I gotta go to Golf Town and get that checked out, or maybe a CPGA. Mm. Exactly. We know some people. Maybe might. Jordan, Jordan can time it with his stopwatch.
0: That's right. I'll do some uh, quick physics for you and do that calculation and bring that out. Yeah, my graphing calculator and let it spit out all those pages.
2: <laughs> I, I uh, want to see these calculations. Yeah.
1: I got an Excel. Um, Brie, what is your favorite course to play in Manitoba?
2: Oh, in Manitoba, it's Elmhurst.
1: Elmhurst is I, now. That's I'm a Elmhurst. biased, a biased choice there, <laughs> since you are employed by them. Maybe not, <laughs> but do you got a close second?
2: Uh, my close second, weirdly enough, is Minnewaska Golf
1: Course. Ooh, mm. and you've won there. You won I a championship have. there. Uh, I've never been to Minnewaska.
2: Oh, it. The elevation change is very different for here in Manitoba. And it gives such a great challenge. I highly, highly recommend heading out there.
0: Mm -hmm. Nice. What about Elmhurst? What makes it, I know, well, obviously having been there uh, quite a bit, uh, seeing as you, you know, you're a pro there. What is it about Elmhurst?
2: For me, it's the challenge of the course, depending on day to day, it can play a little different. Um, As well as it's a course that you have to have every type of shot in the bag it's not one of those ones where you're going to go around driver 8 iron, driver 8 iron, driver 8 iron you have to be able to play every shot especially a bunker shot
0: <laughs> hand wedge
1: correct
0: <laughs> hand wedge. wine in one hand hand wedge in the other and there you go <laughs> did you and see I'm, I'm, I'm sold on 9 and wine like I don't care, I will get kicked out of Elmhurst again, I'm just going to go do that, I'm going to come on there uninvited, I'm like I'm playing 9 and wine, let's do this
2: perfect you come out as my guest yay there we go all right
1: (laughs) did you see the par three at the uh the masters the par three tournament Uh, i forgot who hit it deep but it went into the the gallery of patrons and uh one guy underhand throws it back Onto the green. I'm not sure why he did that. I mean, maybe because it's the part three and it, and it doesn't matter. And then the ball continued to roll and it almost went into the hole.
2: I saw that. Yeah. It, uh, I think he was trying to help out the pro a little bit. Also, maybe <laughs> he a 15 minutes of fame in there. Mm,
0: yes. So yes. Anything, anything for TikTok? Come <laughs> 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 the, yeah. uh, the over under on tiktok is huge for this episode i don't think we've mentioned it once in our entire no. entire time doing this pod and i've said it like five times now i am getting that paid by TikTok. Sure
2: on
0: TikTok. that's right yeah i guess so i gotta get on there now
1: yeah <laughs> do my dance <laughs> great there. All right, moving on <laughs> here. Yeah, thanks, bucket Mike. list course, bucket list course in Manitoba that you have never played but you'd like to get to.
2: Mm. Weirdly enough, Clear Lake.
0: Ooh, Mike can hook you up. Mike has some great caddy notes.
1: For clear lake i do have caddy notes mm-hmm. i can't get you a discount though i'm sure your own <laughs> pga card could probably do that they, they charge me extra when i go but uh <laughs> i do uh i do get out there frequently i'm blessed uh to have uh the in, the in-laws have a uh, place up there so I try and get out usually five times a year i get to play clear lake so yeah uh, another great place for elevation changes uh one of my most favorite courses in the province because of that uh you just you don't see those elevation changes in winnipeg especially um but yeah good well you'll have to get up to clear lake and uh yeah reach out to me if you're going up there and uh i can get a free lesson with you
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah you'll get caddy notes mike gets a free lesson
1: yeah, you'll rip up my caddy notes. Like, no, this is not how you play a golf course.
0: <laughs> Hit it to the left of this birdhouse and then put it in the hole. That's basically
1: the yeah the I summation of like it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next one. What is your most memorable course that you've ever played? Ooh, I'm sure there's many. You can you can give me a top three.
2: I'll give you the top two okay to that i go back and forth um i had the opportunity to play mission hills oh, really? um, tournament course um right before lpgaq school was there and i played it in a tournament and then two weeks later it was shown on tv so it yeah, was one I of see. those uh, the amount of elevation change And the precision, because of how small these greens actually are, is not shown enough on TV. So it was a really cool experience. But probably one of the best hidden gems, and it is super hard to get onto, is White Bear Yacht Club in Minnesota. Mm. I had the opportunity to play it a couple different times. Mm. Uh, One for the Manitoba-Minnesota matches many years ago, when that was still a thing. Um, And then also for the USM qualifier a couple... A couple years before I turned professional, um, the elevation change is phenomenal, but they only have 200 members. So this course is in the greatest shape ever.
0: Yeah. Wow. I'm kidding. It's it's incredible. (laughs) Not a lot of footprints on those greens.
2: No, (laughs) not at all. And in order to play, you either have to take a cart or you have to buy one of their caddies.
0: Oh, nice. Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Wow. Well, I don't think Mike or I will play there. Well, maybe. Maybe <laughs> one day.
1: Somebody else had mentioned a uh, super secretive Minneapolis course. Was it Minneapolis? Mills? Was it maybe Milzy? Maybe. Yeah. I I have know. to re listen to all this. 30 plus season one episodes <laughs> to find out but uh, actually quickly you mentioned US amateur and uh, I wanted to earlier actually wanted to touch on that The what was it the Augusta women's amateur and Anna Davis one mm-hmm. 16 year old what an amazing story that is
2: definitely I wholeheartedly think give her about a year or two and you will see her on the LPGA tour making waves the same way that Brooke did when she hit the scene
1: hmm. wow yeah, imagine being like nah high school and, and winning now is that is that the is that the top amateur event in the US? Or there's also there's like a US open amateur and then there's this Augusta women's amateur?
2: I would say the hype around the US women's Augusta national championship um is pretty big, but in my opinion, the biggest one is the US women's amateur championship. Mm-hmm.
1: And there was also some controversy with the LPGA and the scheduling of this tournament. Is that correct?
2: Correct. Unfortunately, it's one that I don't believe they should be moving it. Um, I believe they're doing it to get a little bit more hype for the master Championship, which I wholeheartedly understand. But this was created in order to springboard women's golf and to show a little bit more equal opportunity when it comes to not only the sport but also revenue in terms of viewerships and I think this is going to hurt the LPGA and women's golf I'm moving it.
1: Mm. Mm. that's no
0: good maybe we can get, anyway, you, yeah. I can get you on and you can debate, <laughs>
2: debate
0: to make sure to right, put, so. it, put it back
2: Oh, I that's a topic I can easily go yeah, okay.
1: for. There we go. <laughs> we could set it up. Yeah. We can be moderators. I've never that's been right. a moderator. <laughs> there we go. I could easily Here's be a that. moderator. Yeah. Hide behind the There's
2: some keyboard. fantastic right. articles like Laura Davies has spoken out about it quite mm. a bit. Um, so I do recommend people read up on that. Because she's got some fantastic uh fantastic points about it.
1: Mm, good. Cool. Yeah, we'll have to read up on that. Homework. Uh, yeah, yeah. I did digress here from our back nine lightning round. You mentioned Augusta. What would be your bucket list course anywhere in the world? Oh. Not Augusta, because we're going to be debating them soon.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, personally, I would like to go out and play St. Andrews. Nice.
1: No. Yeah. That,
2: I'm not going to get that into it. That up
1: now. A lot. Have you? And why haven't you yet?
2: Because uh, I haven't gone out to that part of the world yet. Yeah. Yet. <laughs>
1: yeah. Definitely
0: yeah. do. It's and- it's awesome over there. And Mike Mike's played there as it's come up uh, in every episode. Played at St
1: Andrews. Um, but I uh, didn't set this up though, but I didn't, I didn't (laughs) tell her to say St. Andrews. I'm almost getting, I get sick of it because you're, you, junior looks at me and he shakes his head. So I, I don't want to play it. I'm
0: jealous. And I like. I like the UK. I've been to London two times, two or three times, Mm -hmm. been up to
1: Oxford. Yeah. Watched a rowing race. Have you been to Bristol? Have not been to Bristol. No. Maybe uh, your friend from Bristol will listen to this. In the Derby. No, no. Anyways, but yeah, get out to St. Andrews. and uh, But there's so many other great courses out there that you can just get on to. Obviously, some of them are expensive, but well worth the money, I, what I always say is I've spent more money on less interesting things, you know, (laughs) Um, uh, like so many times. Right. And, uh, it's just an experience to see it and walk the streets of St. Andrews. You know, if, if you could spend more than one day there, I only got one day, but uh, you know, it's just, just amazing. And, uh, it'd be so great to be there uh, you can purchase tickets for this year's open, you know, last year, they're very available. Um, obviously it costs some money to get over there and right. probably have nowhere to stay You <laughs> sleep on the beach maybe, but you'd have a ticket to the open. Hey,
2: if I get to go, I'm cool with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <pitch>
1: <laughs> <laughs> cool. St. Andrews. Uh, what is your career low round and where?
2: So, that's a hard one. Um, my career low is 69 at Elmhurst in our club championship the final year that mm. I competed. But my career low to par is minus four mm. um, at the NAIA National Championship in Lincoln, Nebraska, my final year. Mm. So, it was a par 74. So Lincoln, that's
1: Nebraska. High. Home of the corn huskers.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Geography, hundred percent, Mike. We had to go.
1: <laughs> yeah. But all the college team names. Um, cool. Yeah, well that's pretty pretty darn good. Yeah, that's great. One day, Mike uh, well, one day we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. I just have to be I want to be consistently in the eighties, let
2: alone <laughs>
1: uh, let alone get into the sixties. Yeah. Um, so, wild card number eight here, I read that you are an avid podcast listener.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What are some of your favorite co- podcasts to listen to? obviously beyond eighteen over par being your most favorite?
2: Um, one of the ones that I listen to a lot is beauties
1: mm-hmm. oh, which I yes.
2: saw earlier, yes. uh, but I' am a huge believer in women lifting up women. um so Michelle Obama actually has an amazing podcast that i listen to religiously um and another one was created by dr adrian leslie too where oh, she yeah. talks a lot about support psychology mm-hmm. and i've yeah. had the opportunity to work with her in several different facets and she is such a smart and brilliant person when it comes to the way she thinks, the way she deals with people, the way she deals with different uh, stressors and she brings on different coaches, different athletes so highly recommend looking <laughs> her up as well
1: Cool I'll yeah. have to look those up
0: Yeah, there's, uh, I could go on and on, I know we talked about uh, with Derek, could we talk about psychology and then Derek Ingram, he has his golf psychology book out, mm. uh, which yep. uh, I was going to get but then he didn't return my text so I said, nope, I'm returning that Oh, I'm, not, no. I'm not giving you any. Not giving you any money. <laughs> it
2: is quite a good book.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's in it's in my stack. Don't uh, don't worry. I have I have a sports psychology book, and I'm actually taking a couple of psychology courses right now. So there you go. Heard it here first. Wow. Yeah. It's because I try here to manipulate people to sell more things. But anyways, that's a that's a different story. <laughs> it's part of psychology. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyways mike keep going we, we tried to when that one time we, we were in heckler we tried to listen to our own podcast on the course oh, and their, yeah. our our playing partners did not enjoy yeah, that
0: they had enough of it yeah yeah <laughs> jerks that's why we won
1: i, I can't imagine why but uh <laughs> just someone constantly
0: talking in your backswing with no rhythm, no, no nothing. Right. There's no cadence, at least with music, you kind of have like the beat. So you're, you can kind of flow right. with it. But if you just have some, you know, guys like us talking like we do and stuttered sentences, then yeah, not the best thing to be listen to in the golf course. Golf <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, there you go. All right. See, so it was good practice for them. We could handle it. We ended up winning. So go us.
1: No, we did. Uh, <laughs> Our flagship question of the back nine lightning round. What is your favorite condiment? Mm -hmm.
2: So my favorite condiment that goes on everything is ranch.
1: Ranch. Whoa.
2: So I am allergic to tomatoes. So it kind of like knocks out quite a few of the condiments. Mm -hmm. Um, Ranch is definitely like number one that goes on almost everything and then number two is probably mustard
1: yeah okay we got a lot of mustard we got probably a few ranches last year too though yeah i was like trying to think maybe. Of, like maybe that was the
0: first but no i think yes we did have another ranch but that's you know, ranches Remember. uh could be one of those solid ones i love ranch and carrots or really yeah. any 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 vegetable especially cauliflower mm-hmm. even though cauliflower is obscenely expensive right now understandably why um but Cauliflower
1: I don't know why. Please, you don't know why. Please enlighten, us um, why shipping, cauliflower is expensive. Shipping
0: expensive, <laughs> droughts, cost of labor.
1: Okay. I thought there was yeah, more just, to it.
0: No, that's that's about it. Just the world's unraveling at it seems, and cauliflower prices are shooting up. Cost <laughs> 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 of everything else. Yeah, right. Yeah, top of everything else, that damn cauliflower. Yeah, I'm more of a broccoli guy, not a cauliflower person. Broccoli and ranch, good too. Well, yeah, that's what I said. Cauliflower on its own, you need ranch. Mm-hmm. You can't just have broccoli cauliflower is on its one own.
2: Vegetable to touch.
0: Oh,
1: really? Hmm.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll eat pretty much any other vegetable, not touching broccoli. <laughs>
1: mm, yeah. Well, I, I know. Yeah, other other people are like that too. Some they got a bad rap when you're younger. Broccoli got a, right. you know. <laughs> The cartoons influenced you away from the broccoli. The uh, the cauliflower conglomerates were really sponsoring the cartoons back in the 90s and 2000s, so that so that people would buy more cauliflower. Psychology uh, and yeah. yeah. Anyways, that uh, we'll get into that in our broccoli cauliflower <laughs> debate next episode.
0: Yeah, moderated <laughs> by Bree and Mike. <laughs> <laughs> anyways that was the back nine lightning round for bryce matt Leschewski, who is an investment advisor with endeavor wealth management part of ia private wealth and a member of the canadian investor protection fund you can contact bryce at 204-515-3446 and as mentioned all his info is in our show notes as well uh and brie just for coming on the show uh, this was awesome. We really appreciate it. And you're going to get an eight inch custom DQ cake from the Nick and Nikki group of DQs. You can check them out DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park in the food court, DQ Niverville, and DQ St. Anne's Road. You can also follow them on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. And Brie, how does someone get a, a hold of you?
2: So the best way to get a hold of me is via email. So it's Brie at Elmhurstcc.ca.
0: All right, we'll put that in the in the show notes as well. So if uh, people want to reach out, um, and probably me when you know my, my daughter, she want, really wants to get in the game. Um, if she does want to get into the game, she uh, she really likes pissing me off. So maybe if I say, "Oh, you can't you can't golf," she might actually do it. Reverse psychology. Look at that.
1: Oh wow!
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm hitting on all these buttons right now. But uh, that was it for me. If there's anything else, brief from you, let us know. Mike, anything from you?
1: I'm good. That was a great interview. That was.
0: And that was awesome.
2: I really want to thank both of you for having me on. Oh, you're this, welcome.
0: Uh- <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it was a blast. We really appreciate you taking the time and yeah, we'll uh, talk to you next time. Bye bye.
2: And you can count on me waiting for you in the parking lot.
1: JR, we have a lot of fun on this podcast, but I want to take a second to talk about something that has affected me personally. Every year, millions of Canadians suffer from brain freeze. It can happen to anyone. It's a hot summer day. You're aggressively enjoying a DQ cool treat, a blizzard, a dilly bar, or a variety of personalized ice cream cakes, and whammo brain freeze it hits you like a triple bogey the good news is you can enjoy these delicious treats in a moderately sized bite so get over to any nick and nicky's group of dqs and enjoy some dq treats safely dq northgate on mcphillips dq pole park in the food court dq niverville and dq st anne's road go see them today for tasty treats